USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. And hot! Welcome to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originating from the Optum Podcast Studio in partnership with podcast channel sponsor, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Support, and supporting partner, the WireNut Home Services. Previously on the Veterans Voice Podcast. 19, 20 year old lieutenant. I, I kind of look like Buster Brown wearing a green beret. That's what my team <laughs> sergeant would say. Nice. Was the little Dutch boy. My dad looked as we were shaking hands, he looked me in the eye and the tone of his voice and the choice of words startled me. He said to me, John, if you want to live through this, you better find some good sergeants and listen to them. Mm-hmm. That proved accurate Absolutely. beyond a shadow of a doubt. We'd carry up to 30, ma- 30 of those 18 round magazines. Hopefully is enough ammo. One of the reasons was if you had close air support coming in, the only way for the NBA to survive that was get to you because you had danger close. Mm -hmm. So they were coming in and you had to put the ammo out there. With 20 round magazines, uh, we didn't have enough 20 round magazine ammo pouches. Uh, They bumped into NBA and our point man, put his weapon to his shoulder, turned his face to the right, and emptied the 30-round magazine, as did the point man for the NBA. Uh, hey, Dick, how do you break contact? He said, I don't break contact. That's why we have M60 machine guns. He didn't know how to shoot it because he'd never been trained with it. They just kicked a case of them off the chopper. Right. So he's laying behind this big log reading the directions as fast as he possibly <laughs> What a time can. to be reading a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had wounded and dead, and uh, I called a prairie fire, which was, that meant we're in trouble and we ain't gonna make it. And I didn't learn until three years ago that the 101st showed up with over 100 rotary wing to pull us 22 guys out. Bullets were, were going into that bird. But that pilot, I can still remember looking over my left shoulder at him, and he's just sitting there cranking on a stick with his eyes out the front of the bird. When we got back, the door gunners and the, and the co-pilot were dead. And I was told there was over 200 holes in that chopper. He sat there and toughed that out. Yeah, what can I say? Uh, you know, in fact, I, I took some classes from our suicide prevention uh, agency in Woodland Park or Tiller County and El Paso County, where they teach us what to say when you get the phone call. Yeah. It's hard, sir. Uh, part of it is lecture. Part of it is uh, role play your final. Uh, it's not really an exam, your final event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you role play, and the instructor plays the part of the vet that's made the call. Right. 
and I, you, I'm sitting here proving how gabby I am. Okay, I couldn't think of a word to say. Absolutely, it, it's tough. But what I wanted, and I got it because I had to go three times, but I got it. I don't want an empty magazine pouch mm-hmm. when the stuff hits the fan. And maybe the words will come. You know, people say, well, I don't want to learn to swim. When I, if I ever fall in the water, I'll learn then. Wrong answer. Right. You know, and neither will the normal human being have the answers. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had to deal with that call or that conversation. Yeah. But at least I want to be ready. And I have a yeah. little card in my billfold mm-hmm. in case I forget the words. Yeah, absolutely. I've gotten, unfortunately, that call a couple times as wow. a medic. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't really know what to say either. Yeah. Um, one of the phone calls is resonating with me. Uh, it was a good friend of mine, and uh, I didn't know what to say. So I just kind of started a casual conversation that had nothing to do with what he was talking about. I think it was around Super Bowl time mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking about football. He was good. you know, crying. He was in the moment. And I was just like, hey, man, were you watching the football game today? Like just something very random. And I was like, I'm going to come over. We're going to finish watching the game. And we're just going to chat. So I feel like in that moment, when a soldier's suicidal, they forget about everything else. And they're just so hyper-focused and looking through these little goggles on this one thing that's making them feel that way. Mm -hmm. So you really just have to open their eyes back up to the beauty of life. Yep. Yep. There is something there to live for. Absolutely. That's exactly in the format they gave us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good for you. Uh, And and God bless you for doing that. Mm -hmm. You saved a life. Uh, That's what medics do. I do have one comment on medics, so in, in combat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the medics, every mission I went off on, somehow the medic got hit. Yeah. And uh, E8 that was running the medic section was getting very tired of me type of a thing. And I was like, wasn't my fault, <laughs> Sergeant. <laughs> I mean, this, the enemy looks for the medics. Absolutely. Yep, they do. So, um, Because his dedication to his duty was so strong, uh, I had the rule <clears throat> until the bullets quit flying, you're a fighting soldier. Right. Uh, and you're shooting. Yep. And you do not go out there and get them. We're going to go out there and get them when the gunners get ready with their M60s. Okay. At the appropriate time. Well, that all made sense till the first time he got hit, and he had to go. I had to have the other American hold him down mm-hmm. to keep him from going out. Right. It, and I can't tell you how low the morale goes when the medic gets hit. Absolutely. So I'm being selfish, but I got to take care of the platoon. Mm-hmm. The other rule we had, and this is going to be very comfort, uh, controversial, I'm sure, is. If you're out there and you get hit, don't scream for help in the middle of the fight. Mm-hmm. We, they're waiting to sh- shoot whoever comes out there. Absolutely. We do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man up, soldier up, grit your teeth, and all that's lieutenant leader talk. And I mm-hmm. actually never had to face it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to lose control and everybody rush out there, hodgepodge, because, you know, they they whacked us. Yeah. Uh, now they're just shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. And and they're planning to do that. We do too. Yep. Type, type of thing. On that last mission, uh, they waited till Paul was leading a uh, 
a five-man team out of the perimeter to, ch- to start checking because we were trying to get extracted, mm-hmm. and they hit us at the perfect time. We can't put as much firepower out if our wounded is in front of us. Right. We can't detonate the claymores, mm-hmm. can't throw grenades. So that gave them the tactical advantage. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot of issue that, the enemy's a bunch of dummies. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> if anything, that's like part of their act is they act like dummies so they think that you think they are, and then you don't take them seriously. Yep, and, that, and then they won again. And they're, then you're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they. Uh, I, there's a real good book on it. It's called uh, The Phoenix Program, mm-hmm. and the captain that wrote it was an MI captain, and he studied the psyche of the uh, North Vietnamese soldiers in Viet Cong to try to, to understand how best we could fight them. Mm-hmm. And he brought out a point that I'd never thought too much about at the time, but he's exactly right. They walked all the way down from North Vietnam mm-hmm. through the jungle, okay, with our Air Force bombing them, the Maxog guys ambushing them and messing with them. And then they came down there. They were ready to fight, and they could fight. Mm-hmm. You're not fighting some sissy. No. Not at all. <laughs> that is a dedicated... We fighting soldier. Now, maybe we don't agree with his philosophy or his politics or his religion or something like that on, a, on an academic level. But you take them for granted. Absolutely. At least in that kind of war, they're going to get you in, in, in the guerrilla warfare that we were in. We were actually, we special forces units were trained to do, train others to do what the NVA was doing. Mm-hmm. So the thought was... If you know that side of the coin, the other side of the coin is you, we called it counterinsurgency mm-hmm. is what at that time we call it. And it, it worked somewhat. But my goodness, uh, you, you, you do not give them the advantage of thinking they're a sissy or they're, they don't know what they're doing. Or right. They know. Yeah. You, I'm sure you experienced that too. Uh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, Afghanistan, it was kind of the same principle. Because we took them for granted. You know, these guys are just running around in robes with AK-47s, no water, no food. But, I mean, I'd see some of the bodies after some of, like, the missions, and the, their feet are, like, just a callus. It's yep. like they're wearing shoes, but they're barefoot. So yep. those are some tough dudes. They're running around the desert barefoot with a gun and, like, a half-full bottle of water. Yep. And they're just crushing it. <laughs> and our guys loaded down so much, he's staggering the weight so, yeah. so heavy. And, and there's something to look at that and think about that. Oh, I argued that a couple times in a couple uh, yeah. pre-mission briefs. I was like, you think we're too heavy? Like, do you think we maybe need to just yeah. strip it down a little bit so we can move? We we were constantly at that, but we didn't have instant firepower to help us. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, wasn't on your back, right. you didn't have it. Right. But we still look forward to emptying out a few magazines. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, we cut our toothbrush and have to cut weight. What mm-hmm. silly thing that was, but yeah. made us think we were doing something. Well, what do they always say? Ounces equal pounds, pounds equals pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's and also in the say. jungle environment, I can. I had to respond one time in a brief back to uh, uh, a field grade officer who was uh, down from a higher command. Uh, well, the, uh, Lieutenant Barlow, you only plan on moving 1,200 meters that day. Mm-hmm. Well, in the in the jungle, and they're all around you, that's a long walk. Yeah. And that's what I, I didn't use that tone of voice, but I, I said, sir, that, that's about all we can do. 
if we look at the other after action reports, can't move any further right. type, type thing. Uh, so, uh, and I know nothing about the desert mm-hmm. situ- situations there, but uh, I, I, well, I guess I know that you did had wheel vehicles and you had air support. Yeah, so for sure. Type thing. We were a little spoiled in that aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, I want to touch a little bit more on your time in Vietnam, and then we'll go into maybe some like life lesson stuff, like we were talking okay. about earlier. So. And- so MACV SOG was created January 24, 1964, and I want to read you their mission statement, and then okay. I want to kind of hear... I don't think I ever heard it. <laughs> well, I just looked it up before this interview. It's pretty interesting, but I want to hear your interpretation of this and how you guys were actually doing it. Okay. So MACV SOG's mission statement when they came out was execute an intensified program of harassment, diversion, political pressure, the capture of prisoners, physical destruction, acquisition of intelligence, generation of propaganda, and diversion of resources against the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. So that's like the political definition of Mac V. Sog, I'm sure. Yes, and I think we carried that out. Okay. Uh, There were a lot of compartmentalization, uh, for instance, the political part and the Mm -hmm. propaganda part. We played a minor role. we had, uh, I'm not so sure about the recon teams, but as a platoon, we carried, uh, uh, if I can remember the code name, I will tell you, uh, we had little radio transistor radios about the size of, uh, of uh, maybe four inches by six inches, an inch or two wide. And they only had one station for propaganda, and we'd leave those. Mm. We left pamphlets. Oh. We left uh, 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 counterfeit money. We left uh, AK rounds were loaded with C4 instead of powder, uh, casually producing. We left mortar rounds that were type thing. Um, what else? Uh Yes, when we went in there, we were prowling around looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt about it. Uh, when our last extraction, I keep going back to that because part of our mission was to be the goat. Mm-hmm. In the jungle, you can't see the folks. Right. Okay. But if they surrounded us and kept us there, that meant we were in the donut hole. Okay. Everything outside was the enemy, so the Air Force had a heyday. Mm-hmm. The Air Force claimed they had over 700 casualties in our last extraction. Now, how you count them in the jungle after you drop a bomb on yeah. them, I, I don't know, but that's what they said. Right. And we actually had teams that would go in right away after to assess some of that stuff from mm-hmm. the ground. And part of it was what was left of the triple canopy mm-hmm. t- type of thing. Um, we did have... I wasn't involved, uh, but down at CCS and down there, they had a huge effort on training Cambodian soldier people to go back across the border to fight there. Not always did they have a uh, a, a Max Hogman right. team team member with them. Um, we we weren't about. I guess our idea of the famous phase was win their hearts and minds. Yeah. We were about, we're going to help you win this war 
mm-hmm. we're going to stop communism here, and, and we we're going to fight to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't like how to say this. We weren't a bunch of murderers going out type of a deal. Right. We were a bunch of fighting soldiers attacking a target, and, and there's a difference. With a purpose. Yep. Did we drop bombs and air power and stuff on different villages? Yeah, we did. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was after confirmation that this was a stronghold. Right. Now, was did it, a lot of times, did a team go in there and verify that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they have other intelligence ways to gather it? Photos and things, yes, type of a deal. Did we make a mis- mistakes? Probably. You know, you can't, when you drop, you know what air power yeah, does. Yeah, for sure. There, yeah, type. There's a gray area. Yeah, gray area. And that's something we need to do more with our younger uh, soldiers is prepare them for living with the killing that, th- that they did. Right. And it's out there and we can do it, but we need a concentrated effort. And I still think the best effort is veterans and combat experience, active duty, to talk real talk mm-hmm. to these young people. If you think about it, um, they get in trouble at school or church or anywhere else if they just get in a fist fight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here's a pretty uniform and a gun or an airplane and drop bombs. Yeah. Thing. Did I answer your question about Absolutely. the mission? Yeah, I okay. appreciate it. I actually had a very recent uh, realization about what you just said, like why I joined the military and how I ended up doing what I was doing. So I grew up in New Jersey, but I have my uh, father's side of the family out in Iowa. So I have a cousin and a bunch of his friends. We would just always go out into the farm fields and mess around with like pellet guns and <laughs> yeah. things like that. Like we were playing army, like it was fun. Yep. And so, you know, I was never, I was not a good student in high school. So I ended up joining the military. Yep. A Marine recruiter actually approached me in high school and that's how the ball started rolling. Long story short, I ended up joining the Marine, uh, the army instead of the Marines. And, uh, I was still just kind of playing army. Like I had this very immature outlook on mm-hmm. like what war was, what military was. I just kind of thought it was cool because that's what I was doing when I was a little kid. Yep. And then I'm on a deployment and even like all during training, like I'm practicing, you know, I was EOD. So bomb and IED stuff, we're practicing shooting, we're getting our trucks ready. It all just still kind of felt like pretend, like this was still all just fun and cool to me. Like, wow, look at all these guns. And it wasn't until I was in the heat of the moment and i saw my first body in afghanistan and i realized that this was not the no. farmland in iowa anymore. yeah it's not a and game <laughs> there's people trying to kill you here yeah. and they will stop at nothing to do it um did you ever have a moment like that when you're like this is real almost the same story right uh grew up wanting to be and i never wanted to be anything but a soldier mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah same thing that some of that was modified with cowboys and Indians at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, there wasn't, this sounds so harsh, there wasn't any Indians in Vietnam or Laos, so we fought the communists, you know. <laughs> and uh, I know that sounds so harsh, and please forgive me, Native American uh, Indian people. Right. Uh, but that's how how we were raised. There, There's nothing more stunning than your, to see your first body that comes in second place when you see your own blood mm-hmm. and the shooting, that's an eye-opener too. Right. It, it really is. Um, that's when we grow up mm-hmm. and that's when we start being more the mature male. There's a veteran help 
uh, foundation, the Mighty Oaks Foundation, and I want to plug them. I, I went to their training last spring. Uh, they are very realistic about that very point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're peer-guided. Uh, you'll be in small groups, and your guided uh, lead person there is a combat battle veteran type, mm-hmm. type deal. Uh, they are faith-based. They deal in small groups, and they help active duty and veterans of all ages deal with PTSD, deal with divorce, deal with coming home, getting a career started. The stuff they give you is hands-on, ready right now, how to, like the Army training was that I went through. Mm -hmm. You have your manuals. Read the manual, understand that. Now we're going to do it. We're going to put hands on it like the knot tying. Mm -hmm. Some days you got to pick up the rope, you know, and tie the knot. Uh, They specifically address the point that you brought out Mm -hmm. type of deal. Uh, I can't say enough good about them. It is Mm cost-free to the veterans, but like everything else, you stand in line. Right. The other goodness about having peer-driven, they know when people are bullshitting or lying. Right. Pardon me again. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, and you do get that kind. You got posers is what I've learned to, learned to call them, and I, I have no patience with, po- no. with, with posers mm-hmm. at, at all. Uh, we, They have a specific day that they deal with that. Here's what it is to be a man. And it's faith-based, and they'll show you the scriptures. You can make mm-hmm. your own mind up about it. Basically is uh, do the right thing from the scriptures. Uh, hate, sin, love, peace. Stand up, protect yourself, stand up for yourself, protect your family, protect your country, protect your church. Mm-hmm. Well. And that's they claim that's why little boys instinctively like to play army or cowboys or war. and Indians. <laughs> their explanation was our basic job is provide and protect. Right. Uh, the female basic job is to uh, give birth, care and nurture and birth mm-hmm. type thing. And this day and age, maybe that's real hard for for everybody, but. <clears throat> uh, and I'm still working on that at 75. Right. It was a real, it was a good eye opener and a good refresher back to basics. On we need that code on how to be a man. Right. It's somebody told me recently there was an article in Army Times that said uh, drone pilots uh, want valor awards. Well, if that's true, no, because <laughs> you're and the reason is. You're not in the thick of it. Right. You do an honorable thing. You save lives. You shorten or you do all those good things, but you're still at home. Right. You know, and I have great difficulty with that. I have an ex-son-in-law that's doing that thing, and, and I'm careful not to mention it when he's around. Sure. I don't want to argue, but there is a difference when you see that first body. Yeah. There is a difference when you're blood to the elbows or to the armpits loading casualties. Right. Uh, there is a difference when you're so dang tired 
you can't put on another bandage. You know those things. Yeah, you, you played that game mm-hmm. t- t- type of, of a deal. It's the whole difference, again, is, you know, read about the parachute jump and then go make one. Mm-hmm. There, there's a difference. Right, definitely. And it is possible to pray all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. I uh, can testify to that. The Veterans Voice is sponsored in part by Optum and is produced in the Optum Podcast Studio. Optum and Mountain View Medical Group offer 15 clinics throughout the Pikes Peak region. Their primary and specialty care doctors provide quality, patient-centered care backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. They're dedicated to helping our community live healthier while keeping care affordable. Visit optum.com Colorado to learn more and schedule your appointment today. Medicare Mentors. When it's time to consider your Medicare options, it's time to talk with Medicare Mentors. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, is veteran-owned, a long-standing Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center partner, and the Veterans Voice podcast channel provider. More than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they are there lending a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, always above and beyond. Visit MedicareMentorsLLC.com for more information. This brings up a, a good point, like playing cowboys and Indians as you did as a kid and I did oh, yeah. as a kid. Do you think war is uh, human nature uh, or do you think it's more of a like consequence of how the human societies are structured because we all have different beliefs? Or do you think I, it's kind of in I our I think blood? both. Yeah. I really do. Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, I was a school teacher for a short mm-hmm. time. Uh, I was at high school, but I have noticed after raising five children, if you look at the the playground uh, in an elementary school, if they have a little scuffle, it's, you, it's most generally boys mm-hmm. that, that are in it. And I have seen times when, uh, plenty of times when the boy takes up for the weaker student, be they female or male, you know, they, they stand up. That's why I think it's natural mm-hmm. to to defend who you love, mm-hmm. to defend who is your friend ty- type thing. Uh, not that the female can't. Uh, I, I use this phrase, uh, well, sir, how long have you been in Colorado? And you would tell me, and I said, I would say, uh, you know, we got bears in Colorado. <laughs> You'd say yes. Well, tell me, how come nobody bothers a baby bear? Because mm-hmm. of the mama bear. Right. Fang and claw. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, you know, she don't care what race you are, nationality you are, gender persuasion, nothing. You you bother that baby bear? Here Mama's I co- coming. Mama's coming, <laughs> yeah. and she ain't going to be talking to you about it Man. type thing. So we, we all can defend. But I, and I think it's how they're raised, and part of the problem right now in America is we're not raising them to stand up to that role. Right, I agree. It, a part of it's the myth of Christian pacifism. Mm-hmm. There's a good book, a uh, good website on that called Bible Self Defense, and it'll show you the scriptures of where uh, Old Testament, New Testament, both. There are times when we stand up and fight, right. and there is a difference between murder and killing, mm-hmm. and there is a price to pay for having been a warrior. Read about David. Yeah, type type thing. And we need to know that, speak that, train that, do that type right. of thing. I have sat with guys crying their hearts out because I just killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You stopped them from killing us. I told yeah. you, you know, but sometimes that's not good enough right then. 
Yeah. You I, mean, know, I think I think everyone has a, a good heart deep down, but it's when you start <laughs> to deal with someone's varying beliefs, maybe they're different than yours, that's when it gets sticky. And sure. You're, and you're going to put that good heart aside to defend yourself. Yes, you have to. And it helps to know that you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at the Old Testament, when they rebuilt Jerusalem, you know, what do you do? You don't go to work with your sword, mm-hmm. you know, because we're in a really tough situation here mm-hmm. type, type thing. Uh, and we, we know the result if we lose again right. ty- type thing. And I don't think we put truth in our history classes. How come they don't study at college Cambodia? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in Cambodia, they killed more innocent people than Stalin and Hitler put together. Mm. Well, is that okay? No, it's not okay. Well, they want to live their kind of life. It's okay if you don't hurt other people or much less kill them. Right. Type by the thousands mm-hmm. and millions type. I can't even remember the numbers, but it's 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 way over the total casualty. And Stalin and Hitler worked pretty hard right. at that very game type, mm-hmm. type thing. Our special forces teams did train Cambodians to go back and fight for their people mm-hmm. and their and, and their country. To us, our age group of special forces soldiers, and especially Max Hog soldiers, it was an honor to do that. Right. It, it was a source of confusion and almost shame to not go with them. Mm-hmm. They need us because mm-hmm. we have the radio handset. With the greatest weapon in the world was that radio because it brought the American Air Force. Yep. And Rotary Wing Army to come help us, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. I, we need a more realistic view, not pie in the sky thing. Uh, it's, and the reason I speak that way is our eldest granddaughter uh, is pro Palestinian and pro this and pro that because college is putting that in her head. Mm-hmm. We fell down because we didn't put our beliefs in her head and strongly enough right. type. And then let her choose. Yeah. Okay, but will I still say you're wrong, sis? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure will. You know, I challenged her, in fact, to write one of her history papers on Cambodia, mm-hmm. but the paper would not be accepted, so she didn't write it. Yeah, and yeah. So, that brings up a good point. You think the education sh- system has shifted over oh, yeah. the years? Yeah, right here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where I grew up, Buena Vista Elementary is over on the west side. Yep, familiar. Uh, yep. Every morning, we said the pledge. We sang the national anthem, and then we sang God Bless America mm-hmm. type thing because uh, it was written right here in Colorado Springs right. type, type things. Uh, we uh, indoctrinated. <laughs> I like the word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh we're, we were learning pride in country. Yeah. You know, and, and we, on good days, we stood outside and looked at Pike speak. Yeah. But we also said the pledge in front of the flag. Right. And if you were monkeying around bothering the flag, you were going to get stopped. Right. Right there. And in our family, if the teacher called home and said the boys were bad, my dad's theory was uh, that's wrong. Uh, we don't allow that, and you're guilty till proven innocent. We don't have trials around here. Right. And we would get a spanking mm-hmm. or at least a hard talking to. Mm-hmm. He would not tolerate insubordination or rudeness to a teacher. Right. Uh-uh. 
And you'd probably get the same one from the principal because they swatted kids in those days. It was grab your ankles and three swats t- type of deal. And I can remember the principal calling, yeah, Jack, the boys are at it again. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll see you at bowling tonight. And wow. <laughs> the, the, the support was there. We did not assume the teachers were wrong. Right. They were revered members of our community type of thing. Same as the pastors. They were respected for their position and stuff. Again, we didn't go to church a lot type thing. So what do you think is changing? My my, uh, my sister is a second grade teacher, and she tells me horror stories about her children throwing textbooks at her, ripping up their homework. Yeah. And she's blamed for it. Yeah. So what do you think is happening? And she's not... I mean, I'm not there, so uh, it's a little difficult to speak. In my mind, she is not guilty. That behavior is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. That means there's a parental issue at home mm-hmm. type of a deal. And bless her for hanging in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine what would happen to us if we did that to to a teacher. Right. My – you could expect some type of punishment from the principal, my mom, and dad when dad got home from work. Mm-hmm. And uh, – only time I heard Dad criticize our elementary education is in gym. We learned how to square dance mm-hmm. and some other kind of folk type dancing. He thought that was that's okay on a snow day to keep you busy. Otherwise, right. you need to be outside and, and team sports. Right. That, that 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 kind of thing. I I see it as deterioration and more concern about self mm-hmm. than than others. The, the scouts, I, forget, I think it's Boy Scouts, have a saying, a boy is the only material we have from which to make a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, To make a man is not subjective to comfort or whim or personal concern. It needs to come from somewhere right. greater than ourselves. It needs to come from the Bible. It needs to come from the Declaration, the Constitution, and its amendments, the Bill of Rights. Because... Mm-hmm was made with a good reason, and it's proven itself. Mm-hmm. The new lifestyle isn't important to me because it isn't proven. Right. Tried and true is better than brand new is a phrase I use for myself. In a few years, if that type of philosophy works out, it has more credence than just getting it started. Mm-hmm. What did the 60s do when we burned down Detroit? Oh, we just waited till recently, a couple years ago, and burned it down again. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, it, you know, to me that's still wrong, and those who, who perpetuate it are wrong right. ty- type deal. Communism doesn't work. Right. Look the world over, I mean, yeah. you know, or leave. Right. You know, I, I wish we had a fund of public money where, you know, we're, you're leaving and we're taking your citizenship and you're not welcome home. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's my type of freedom. Freedom has responsibilities. Mm-hmm. doesn't free us from responsibility, and we can burn down the neighborhood. No, right. uh-uh, that's yeah. wrong. Type. Yeah, you said, you said something interesting I want to hit on. Uh, a boy is the only material we have to raise a man, but yeah. who who's even raising the boy nowadays? Because my sister, the teacher, says that they can't get them off of their cell phones or devices, and the parents can't get them off of their cell phones or devices when they're at home. So now school, home, these kids are just on their cell phones all day. Maybe the phones are raising our future generations. 
we too face that watching grandchildren mm -hmm. being raised. In fact, as we speak, my wife is with one of the granddaughters because she called and said she's going to quit her high school. Hmm. And the reason is uh, her friends told her to. Uh, yes, it's what actually needs to happen is the addiction to electronic media, I guess it's called, whatever you call a cell phone and a, and a computer, right. is an option and a privilege, not a right. Absolutely. Type type thing. And uh, have got in arguments with the generation that are raising the grandchildren. No, who put them in charge of the family? Mm -hmm. Wrong answer. No, they don't have a right to have a cell phone. Well, all their friends have one, so what? You know, well, you don't understand. You understand perfectly it's not working because they're tearing up their homework and they're disobedient and they're rude and they're out of hand mm -hmm. and they're, what do they call it, when they harm themselves, not suicide. Yeah, self-harm, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. All those things show wrong behavior. Mm -hmm. And was it uh, Einstein that said if you're doing something and getting the same reaction all the time, do something else. Well, right. we, we it's time to do something else. And I agree. I think we're seeing that uh, in different little pockets in each community. There are people like us that we're going to do something to change it. Maybe homeschool's the answer. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But we need a set of rules to act, to act out in life that are proven to be right. Yeah. That's where we're stuck. It's like the more we develop technologically, that's the the, the the more humanity kind of falls. Would you agree? Well, it you've, does. You've seen it a lot more than I have. I mean, I've always had a cell phone, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, we had one dial phone, right? And it was don't talk too long because it costs money. Yeah. Okay. If the phone rang from a relative or a friend, there was a sizable percentage of time is they needed to talk or they needed some help at some level about something. Mm -hmm. And dad and mom did all the talking. Right. Uh, we talked to grandpas and uncles and that kind of thing. And if us kids were seldom uh, on the phone, I remember getting in high school and wanting more phone time. And dad was, you know, what's your grade point average and that kind of thing. And how come you don't have a part-time job right. type type thing. And he didn't mind saying no. That's good. Yeah. And if you snuck around, you got punished twice. Right. Once for doing what you're told not to do and once for being sneaky. Right. Uh, he, he I, uh, I, at the time I had great difficulty, especially my last couple years of high school because, you know, the things we go through. Uh, but still respected dad. Uh, I wanted his approval. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I also wanted my own way, so that kind of had to mm -hmm. bang heads a, a couple of times. But he stuck to what the plan was. Mm -hmm. that, that's, and mom backed him up. Right. I mean, the worst words you could hear was, uh, do we need to call dad and involve him in this conversation? No, we sure don't. Because mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was, and mom said, this is what happened. It happened. He, he was, <laughs> yeah. he'd back her up. <laughs> wow. So what do you think, uh, I mean, how old were you in I'm 60, 69? How old were you when you were in Vietnam? Six, that made me 19 and 20. So you were 19 and 20, 
fighting with Mac Vsog in Vietnam. Yeah, sir. And now, one of the youngest ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now we got 19, 20-year-olds, you know, addicted to their cell phone, can't take no for an answer. What do you think the future looks like? Dim at best. <laughs> uh, but I still see hope because there are those pockets of communities. Yeah, they are, what's the word, evangelicals. Oh, mm-hmm. they uh, have a Christian base. There's other groups out there that are saying, no, this is wrong, and we're going to start fixing it. That's bottom up. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's not coming top down because we don't have good leaders highest level down. Mm-hmm. Uh, look what happened with the Tea Party. Right. Where'd they go? What happened to them? They just disappeared because they were amongst the wolves, mm-hmm. you know, they, they in the society there in, in D.C. and stuff. But we we have to have hope to go on. Right. Okay. And for me, it comes, again, from the Bible and from the Constitution. And if you look at the Declaration of uh, lower right-hand corner, there's a Josiah Bartlett there. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if we're directly related to him. Wow. Uh, we haven't done the DNA tests because my wife has great difficulties with all the things they do after you spit in the cup or whatever you do. Um, but he did marry one of the girls in our direct line. Right. And I know it's a source of amusement marrying your own cousin type issues, but uh, I was taught to he did the right thing although he wasn't involved in direct combat he was a logistician and he helped that way i I believe he signed both the constitution and the declaration he had that type level of leadership the uh, biography on his wife of how much she handled the plantation at Mm -hmm. home is legendary yeah it sounds like it we need to state what is right, revere what is right to the young people. And the most important thing to me is lead by positive example. Yeah. I'm sick of hearing lead by example. I just heard it in the speech for a new mayor. And I got her when she got off the stage, and I just had to say it to her. Ma'am, the, the, everybody leads by example. Ask Joe. You know, that's... Biden, the prin- mm-hmm. the principal, right? The president. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to lead by positive example. Right. So we have to have a set of conduct for us to uh, live by and stand with. Uh, you may be familiar with uh, uh, some of the school shooting issues. Right. Okay. I was a volunteer for uh, a couple of years. 40 hours a week armed school guard at Lake George Charter School in Lake George, Colorado. And the resistance I ran into was really? unbelievable type type thing. Uh, no concept of all other, of protecting children other than just say it'll be okay. Right. Well, it's not okay. Because look at Sandy Hook and yeah. all, all the others. The, I mean, their answer is to put a sign on the property line that says no weapons. Yeah. As oh, if a criminal that wants to shoot up a school is going to see that and say, oh, let me just go home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what they they, they probably say is, oh, good, I'll be safe. Nobody's going to shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I, That's how I see that sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're not going to follow the rules. That's a proven fact. They're, they're going there to slaughter innocent people. Right. 
You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA, in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. And now they feel safer about it because they know no one's carrying a gun yeah. in there. Uh, and that was proven at our school. Um, we got came up with the idea of uh, having a marked police car there. Mm-hmm. And so the new sheriff of Park County provided us with an older patrol car that they were going to trade in. They got in three new ones. They, they go to junk, I think is what happens to them. Anyway, just us parking the car out there changed things. Sure. Uh, there's no buses at that school because it's a charter school. It's a country school. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the best place to sell dope? School parking lot because we're all there twice a day. Hmm. And we finally figured that out. As soon as that car went up there and visual made our outside security cameras, everything changed. Oh, wow. That type thing, yeah. Well, not everything. Uh, I'm going to put in a cough drop here. Yeah. Um, in, in in my mind, well, take take bicycling. Mm-hmm. Okay, here comes the family bicycling. Who's wearing the helmets? The kids. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're less skilled and they might get hurt. Why not dad and mom wear a helmet and set a good example? They're experienced. They're not going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Type of thing. Well, dad doesn't wear a helmet. Why do I have to wear one? Yeah. Yeah. Because the right thing to do is wear a helmet. Yeah. We have actually picked up a kid laying from a dirt bike accident with a head injury and no helmet, laying within 10 feet of a, of a helmet-required sign. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not lead by exemption. Mm-hmm. It's lead by positive example. Do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure anymore. I didn't finish my master's degree, but they don't teach leadership. No. They teach management. If we look at Army leadership, I don't know if it's in the other. I'm sure it has to be in the other armed forces, but in especially World War II times, General Bradley and those guys, lead. they say lead by example, but I add in lead by positive example. Right. Selfless dedication to duty is the two most important ones. What's that about? Taking care of the guys. Right. That's what that's about. Yep. Uh, it, it, it is. It's that other-directed, not self-directed mm-hmm. type thing. A good example of that in the uh, tailwind thing I spoke of earlier, where it was uh, simulcast Time Magazine and CNN. They uh, did a documentary on that and their belief was that uh, the sarin gas was used and that's wrong and uh, a wrong thing they believed to do. Uh, they, it was wrong because uh, the special forces hatchet force was after American defectors and there was one other thing that was wrong with it. Well, BS, uh, I am. A, I was a personal friend of their team sergeant. He has since passed away. <clears throat> there was no sarin gas. Mm-hmm. There was tear gas that they dropped on the NVA to help on the extraction mm-hmm. of, of the company because it was hot. Uh, 
he personally did not see American defectors. Every mission we were briefed on that. If you could get American defector, get him mm. type, dead or alive. And there were American defectors, contrary to some of the media that, that's out there. Uh, my thought is uh, when that documentary came up, uh, he and his wife had to leave their home in the state they were living in because of the stalking of the media type thing. She couldn't even go to the hairdresser without him harassing her. And he, he, she went to some of her relatives for a while. And he came and stayed here. He also had a contract job at Fort Carson, but he stayed with us. Um, and, and we started learning, you know, what the, the right and wrong – the point of the story I want to make was that's when David Rose uh, was put in for a Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. His medic wounded the first day, stayed all the rest of the days, took care of the guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wouldn't. He refused extraction. Mm-hmm. Top secret operation, no Medal of Honor, too bad. The team sergeant never let it go. It took him 40-some years and he actively petitioned and interviewed and visited and did everything he could. And uh, Rose did get his Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. But that's the selfless dedication to duty Yeah, and doing what's right. He demonstrated, just because I'm retired, you think I'm going to give up? Mm-hmm. Wrong answer. Right. And he, in those days, we had minugraph for duplication. That's all we had. There's a little blue ink page behind the original page. As the operational sergeant, he kept all those, which he was not allowed to do, but he was a special forces NCO, so he made his own plan there. Uh, He used those to document what really happened. Oh, cool. And prove what happened, really happened type of thing. And as it went up each command level, how it was changed, they were able to find out. Also, additional valor awards. So he appeared in Congress after the documentary, and we thought, Mo, an honest soldier standing in front of Congress. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, we were pretty worried. But he went up and testified. Uh, Rose did get his Medal of Honor. And then he said, there's another issue that I want to work on, this falsification of valor awards and personal uh, people, they're not on the manifest that took us in there. Mm-hmm. I know, how come they got these awards? Because they falsified them as, oh, you know. Wow. And it's every level, not just one or two levels mm-hmm. t- type of deal. So he helped fix that. That's, yeah. that's to me leading by positive example, even in yeah. a tough situation. You know, that's still going on in today's military, and there was a lot of that going on in 2021. We were the last SF teams in Afghanistan, and there was a lot of, I don't want to talk poorly about officers, but there was a lot of officers, that was their first time ever being in a war zone, hmm. and they wanted to make sure they were decorated for it. So yeah, that's were, always the way, yeah. They were doing things and pushing for things to happen that really didn't need to happen, but it ensured their hmm. chest got decorated, and then... You know. That happened to us, too. In fact, our commander at CCN was relieved. Sure. He falsified a DSC. Hmm. And he also falsified wards for the soldiers. When he got there, one of the biggest gripes was no 
no awards for career enhancement later on in our careers if we survive this. Hmm. Okay, so then he would have false awards written up and approved. So I guess his thought was, well, if I got false awards approved for all the guys or a lot of the guys, how about uh, I get one for me? Right. Well, the A&D clerk kept the copies, and after he got out of the Army, he turned them in that Colonel was uh, forced retirement out, out of, of the Army. Hmm. And, and there in that kind of leadership, what good is a false award to a man that's a proud soldier and a serious soldier? Yeah, he's living a lie. He's living a lie. Point. That's it exactly. Yeah. And a lot of us threw our awards away, you know. The, as a second lieutenant and a first lieutenant, I, I didn't have the guts to argue with a colonel. Right. So say nothing, throw it away, forget about it, you know, and know you have some friends that understand. Right. Type thing. Yeah. Type. Type. Do I? It, it's always been that way, falsifying words from what I can. I know. I have known veterans from World War One forward. Just because of my age group right. and the time and I was born, and that comment always comes up, uh, up to it. Uh, when Dad's ship went down, okay, he was the only enlisted man decorated. Hmm. All the officers were decorated. Yeah, wrong answer. Right. What about the Purple Hearts for all them guys? Hmm. Good point. <laughs> You know, well, the records, the ship sank, so we don't have the records. B.S. You had the manifest when the ship left the dock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't have him now, so there's some mm-hmm. issues there. Yeah, awards really like, I don't know, it's that quote I was saying earlier, what can you do for your country, not what your country can yeah. do for you, but you're, you're running around looking for an award, and you really don't even care what you're doing to earn it. You just want the award. Or making other people do it. Yeah, exactly. In 2015, we were actually dealing with kind of the opposite problem. That was 2015 was like the first wave of we're shutting it down. Uh, the war is coming to an end. So they weren't giving awards out. They were trying to hide the fact that firefights were still happening and yep. boots were still on the ground. So we weren't getting anything. Colorado Computer Support. Imagine never having to worry about your information systems ever again. Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive Veterans Voice technology partner meeting all of our computing needs. Colorado Computer Support is veteran-owned. They're your team for innovative, collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure the Colorado Computer Support team is on your team. Call 719-355-2440. To learn more, that's 719-355-2440. Why are not home services? Every season brings a new strain on your home systems. Veterans Voice Partner, the Why Are Not Home Services, is the company you can count on to handle your heating, cooling, and electrical needs. They're family-owned, proud to employ honest, hard-working Coloradans. When you need plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical help, the Why Are Not does that. Call 719-399-5021. That's 719-399-5021. A couple of years ago, I got to go on a uh, goose hunt paid by a widow of a veteran. All expenses paid, nine of us, all of them medics coming out of the 10th group. And we went on a goose hunt and they talked. Had a great time, by the way. Mm-hmm. 74 or 73 is too old to go with the guys, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, they, we talked about that. Uh, it was interesting at one point where we were in pits with 
overhead cover or overhead concealment. Mm -hmm. By the time I stood up, got my shotgun to the shoulder, they'd already emptied theirs <laughs> and they, and got geese. And they were all of the last teams coming out of Afghanistan. Yeah, I heard um, I've heard about that trip. I know a couple guys you were with. Yeah, yeah, it was a great trip. I'm sure they have many stories about the old guy who couldn't keep up. I, <laughs> uh, then they sit up and play cards and drink beer all night. And I, eight nine o'clock, I was. Yeah. In bed sleeping, you know. They can drink just as fast as they can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and get up red-eyed and bushy-tailed ready to... Do it again. Do it again. The third day, I was so glad to go home. I love being <laughs> with them, but I... Uh, we need to... Yeah. To, uh, I'd like to bridge the conversation over to the Purple Heart. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about... Uh, I mean, you grew up in Colorado Springs, and you're still in Colorado Springs, or you're still in Colorado. So what kind of yeah. things are you doing around Colorado? Okay. Uh, we both retired out of the city of Colorado Springs, and we, <clears throat> I inherited uh, with one of my brothers uh, 10 acres and a two-bedroom cabin about a mile, two miles out of Florissant, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so uh, come to agreement with my brother, uh, bought him out and hit retirement with a, a small mortgage. Uh, if you can hit retirement without a mortgage, it'll make your retirement a lot Easier. better, believe me. Uh, so we're very blessed to have it. My wife grew up uh, north of Divide, so mountain girl, that kind of, of thing. Um, not real active in uh, veteran associations. The Special Forces one is here in Colorado Springs, meets in Fountain, mm -hmm. and that's a 40-mile drive at night for the meeting, So yeah. just especially in the winter. Tough. <clears throat> but I hang out with veterans. Um, I got an eye opener from a retired command sergeant major, uh, Howie Massengale, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, he uh, sent me a picture of a sign with a purple heart on it, and it was fascinating to me. And um, what it's about, I contacted the military order of the Purple Heart, which is a veteran fraternal organization. It's a uh, public relations effort to educate America about the Purple Heart Medal. The Purple Heart Medal is given for those wounded in action or killed in action type okay. of deal. It is not given. If you fall down and break your leg, no Purple Heart. you got to right. bleed to get it. It was started by George Washington, mm -hmm. considered a valor award, patch worn on your sleeve. Uh, approved by your commander type thing. Uh, they gave out s several, and they even have, in the Smithsonian's, some of the families have turned in that original patch for all of us. To, oh, wow, that'd be cool to see. To, to see type of a thing. K General MacArthur brought it back in the 30s type of thing. Uh, and it was still at that stage, uh, you pretty much had to bleed to get it right. type of thing. I wish I could remember the numbers... Uh, they gave out bunches, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, uh, Haiti, other, other, other battle experiences. But what got me started is I liked it, and I wear a bolo tie with the, with the uh, Purple Heart coin on it. Mm -hmm. I wear it so people will ask me questions. I call mm -hmm. it, I chum them in. The idea was to talk to them about being a veteran, and if they needed help... <clears throat> Uh, guide them to the VA and or 
other agencies within the city or county to get the kind of professional help that they had earned. Mm -hmm. It's not a gift. They they had earned it. Uh, It's not an entitlement. They earned it. And that's the important part for for a lot of us. Um, About that same time, by coincidence, I went to a coffee shop in Woodland Park, Colorado, and a uh, uh, young lady, the barista there, asked me about my bolo tie. And I explained it to her, and she said, my husband has one in his drawer at home. He's active duty, Fort Carson. And I could see the wonderment in her face. And I hope I didn't start a family squabble or something. <laughs> uh, uh, part of that is him not explaining it to her. And a lot of active duty and veterans do put them in the drawer and forget about them. I did for 14 or 15 years Mm -hmm. before I would bring it out. In my case, I lost more blood learning to shave than I did for my country. I had (laughs) minor little shrapnel wounds in the butt and much to the amusement of my sergeants that I worked for. They uh, haven't forgot it over all these years. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... um, I got a buddy I still... uh, talk crap too he got shot through the forearm uh-huh. right through the bones like he was hardly even bleeding he got sent home and three weeks later he was playing golf sending us pictures while we were still in afghanistan yeah so it's funny <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well and there there used to be uh a, a stigma on arm wounds mm-hmm. and they used to say that's what in trench warfare people would hold up one arm their left arm if they were right hand get a wound and get sent home <laughs> type type of deal. So, yeah, I could see where he would have to yeah. see get some teasing. Uh, after the encounter with the barista, I got thinking, what can we do? Got interested in the signs and par chance. Uh, I, or by divine guidance, maybe in some this whole case, because I kept bumping into people that could help and wanted to help. Mm-hmm. I bumped into Jim Ware, who owns Pro Promotion, and he's a promoter for the motorcycle rally. Mm. And I was trying to find something to do to help and mentioned the Purple Art idea, and he jumped right on it. And he coached and mentored me through how to get it going. And uh, we did get it going. Uh, the uh, Military Order of the Purple Heart, You can people can find their web page. Uh, You'll notice that to put up the Purple Heart sign, it's called the Purple Heart Trail. Mm -hmm. It's a mythical, imaginary trail marked only by the signs, and they are to be placed in an appropriate place that will honor the sign. For instance, at Memorial Park Mm -hmm. in Woodland, at uh, Lions Park in Woodland. Okay. Uh, They are to draw attention so we can educate what the Purple Heart is about. It's, it is the symbol that we have that mark the price we pay for the rights that we have and the lifestyle that we have, plain and simple. That's there a good is. way to put it. Um, Jim got me going, and I got some coaching from the, from the Military Order of Purple Heart, a uh, person responsible for the program on national level. Um, you have to get approval of the governing authority, the town council or the county commissioners, mm-hmm. which we did. It's an uh, easy presentation. You just stand up in front of them and show them the Purple Heart sign. 
and explained what you want to do, and they voted it through. In fact, I it went through so fast in Woodland Park approval that in the hall outside their chambers, I had to ask the guard, was it approved or what? And he started laughing and said, <laughs> yeah. They, he said they really got behind it. Right. Uh, two days ago, same event happened. It happened at the county level, let me say that, that fast. And then at the state level, two days ago, I was at with a group. We wanted to have it on a state level also, uh, to have on, put on state highway property. And since it's their property, they approve the signs. Oh, cool. To, and then they do the installation and maintenance. Uh, our senator from our part of the state, Senator Baisley, did the protocol work. And they called for a roll call vote in the Senate chamber from the 30 members that were there. It's alphabetical. Each one stood up and said aye, meaning yes, and did a informal about face facing us because we were seated behind them. And then all 30 were standing, and we got a small round of applause and the traditional hand-grabbing, back-slapping, that kind of right. stuff. They, they even recessed for us. Hmm type of a thing and um, both sides then the of the of the how of the Senate there are only I think seven Republicans rest Democrats and of course there's some friction there always but they all voted voted for us so the signs will go up on highway 67 and highway 24 on the uh, uh, county boundary line and on the city boundary line okay there's Ten signs in um, Woodland Park, and two of those. One is with the school district, which we considered uh, a, a great honor that where the children could see the sign. It'll be right on the driveway where all the moms drop the kids off. You know, okay. we pick them up twice a day. Uh, and with Cherish Bible College, we'll put it at their entrance type thing. Uh, Cripple Creek will have three. Victor will have three. Florissant will have one. They're already installed in all of those, uh, except Victor. Mm. And Lake George has two at their charter school. Okay. Because and it will be on charter school, a campus property type, type thing. The county put in 20 virtually at every crossroads and every boundary lines between the, the small towns and the county pro property. Uh, Dan Williams was our lead. He's one of the county commissioners. He is a retired full colonel, uh, Black Hawk pilot mm -hmm. type thing. Grew up in Woodland Park, went to West Point. Uh, actually commanded one of the brigades here at Fort Carson type thing. Uh, never heard a no. Uh, only had one slight dissenter uh, at uh, one of the city meetings and... The, the council brushed that over, just mm. lickety split type type thing. So we hope now um, the seed is planted uh, about the Purple Heart, all of us, the three or four of us that are involved. I don't have permission to mention their names, I'm sorry. Um, are more than willing to appear at a group meeting, you know, the Kiowanas and Lions and mm -hmm. that kind of clubs, uh, public, and speak about, or in public, or in a schoolroom, and speak about the Purple Heart. Yeah. Uh, That's really cool. I, I really like that, 
vision you guys are creating because like we've been talking about for three hours now it's really important that as a country we don't forget what acts of selfless service did to gain you know traction as a country as a free country well, well that's right. is a good way to do it it is and the young ones don't know right young being the elementary school that i spoke at they wanted to know mm. uh one of the boys raised his hand and said uh, my dad's uh a soldier at Fort Carson, and he has one of those in his underwear drawer. Well, that dad did the same thing that yeah. a lot of us did. We need to speak out. And the elders have either forgotten or gotten lackadaisical. Right. But we need to lead by positive example. Yeah. The grandpas and the dads and the women, there are women Purple Heart recipients right. t- type thing. There's a great story about uh, Colorado Springs, in the neighborhood I grew up on, the west side of Colorado Springs, uh, Beth Michaels there was captain of nurses with 101st Airborne. Mm-hmm. And she was at Beth Stone and had a hospital. And her hospital was uh, going to be overrun mm-hmm. by the German army. She was ordered to, and she did, load what patients she could and her nurses and stayed behind at that hospital by herself. Mm. Wow. She stood and she said in front of the hospital as they left. <clears throat> and when the Germans came through, she was standing there. Uh, she was slightly wounded in the hand by shrapnel. Uh, the German colonel in charge said she wouldn't be harmed and placed appropriate guards for the time they were there. When the American forces swept back over uh, General Patton's Thur- Third Army, mm-hmm. He came and stood beside her and gave her his command pistol, his P-38, 9-millimeter pistol. said he was going to surrender, and he thought the safest place was stand by her, not behind her like a hostage, but <laughs> beside her. And he was taken prisoner, and she still had the pistol over the years. Wow. Uh, she lived a city block away, and grew, we grew up, my brothers and I, with her two sons and two daughters. Right. She could holler louder than any other mother, and she had that type of home where all the kids come to play wow. in, in the yard type That's type pretty thing. cool. And think about it, World War II now. As a captain of nurses, she stayed behind. She led by positive example to her own risk and life or death type mm-hmm. type thing. She did the appropriate thing for her subordinates. She evacu- evacuated because they could not defend themselves type, wow. type thing. As a female in World War II, she received a Purple Heart and a Silver Star. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Well-deserved, yeah. yeah. Really a big deal. deal. A local patriot doing the right thing based on principle Yeah, type, type of thing. And this, these signs will help remember those types of Americans. And that, that's why I tell the stories. You know, an old man rambling three hours. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I could sit here for three more hours, uh, but I think this is going to end up being probably a part one with you. What do you think? That's fine. <laughs> I have a humorous one to do too today. Okay. I'm going to send you lessons we learned uh, the hard way. Yeah. And it's written by uh, myself and two NCOs. Again, I don't have their permission to okay. drop their name. And Jim Beam. Uh, we wrote this, and it's little things like, um, what do you do when you hit the ground on a night night jump and uh, have lost your weapon? <laughs> Panic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you do when the RTO leaves the perimeter with the only radio and doesn't come back? Oh, wow. And it, it can be humorous. Yeah, it sounds Especially like it. to the military 
listeners. Yeah, which is most of our listeners. So, yeah, we'll do another one. Uh, this will probably be a multi-part series, I would we think. You, you're let, plentiful of information. So Yeah, I, I'd love to share. I, I don't know a better word than the venting helps. Yeah. Talk helps to someone who knows and understands. I would say to the young people, only talk to those that understand. Right. Don't try to make them understand. Absolutely. T- type of thing. Keep your buddies or find new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, get off the booze. Get off the dope. Get off the nicotine if you can. Mm-hmm. Eat right. Exercise right. Be a positive example on, on the thing. Uh, Use the VA simply because they deal with more PTSD than anyone else. And they ha- nowadays they have qualified people by experience and education right. that can help. Mm-hmm. The Bible helps. Yeah. Faith helps. There's faith groups out. I've already, already mentioned um, Mighty Oaks. If the do something to help yourself, and that will help your family and set the good, good example. If it doesn't work, change gears. Right. In my case, the animal thing didn't work. The horse thing didn't work. The dog thing didn't work. I hate to say it, but pets and animals, I like people better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Type of deal. Yeah. Even if you got to sit with the hippies in the circles and beat on a drum or something. Yeah. Give it a try. If it helps you, stick with it. Absolutely. When it quits helping you. Change gears. Bail out. Four questions to ask yourself. What is this about? Is this sincere and honest? Okay. How can I use it to help myself? How can I use it to help my family? How can I use it to, and friends? How can I use it to help my country? Mm. I got that from a self-help group years ago and modified it a little bit. I did not think it up. I like that. You make it all sound so easy, John. (laughs) It's not. Uh, Thank you for saying that. (laughs) It never ends. It's a marathon, not a dash. Yeah. It's an everyday get up and do it. It's like a road march, the last half. Yeah. The only way you're going to make it is put one boot in front of the other. Right. A lot of times it's not fun and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. If you love your family, you got to do it right. Yeah. Uh, and again, get yourself in the condition where you can do it right. Mm-hmm. Have some friends to support. Mm-hmm. Be there for the friends. Hold up your end yeah. of the perimeter. That and walk you take your turn walking point, yeah. Because everybody does type type thing. And if they're not, if the friends aren't appropriate and helpful, get away from them. That's what you would tell your teenage kids. So do it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this episode we kind of covered everything: your childhood, Vietnam, after the military, words of wisdom. I think maybe part two we could do like a just your time in Vietnam and then maybe okay. part three, just the words of wisdom, life lessons type. Mm-hmm. Fine, we'll we'll yeah. see what our listeners think, but yeah. yeah. And do it here. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah we don't need Zoom Zoom meetings anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. All right, John. Yeah. I appreciate you being on the Veterans Voice podcast. It was an honor to interview you and we'll definitely have you on again soon. Thank you. It was an honor on my end too. You've been listening to the Veterans Voice presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing Power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by 
and supporting partner, The Wire Nut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDL News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps.